All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Thursday, January 5th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. It's a gold medal game edition. And we're joined by our gold medal prospects writer, Stephen Ellis, the perfect guy to tee up the World Junior Championship. Lots happening today. Stephen, how you doing? I don't know. I'm still kind of recovering from that game last night. Uh, me too, in fact. Uh, and we'll get into that, including the two goalie interference calls that disallowed goals for Team USA, who largely outplayed Team Canada, if not for Milic in net, who did a fantastic job stopping 40-plus shots. But let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's start with the Boston Bruins, who were dealt with a big blow at the Winter Classic with Jake DeBrusque and his injury, playing the best hockey of his career he's now sidelined for the next four weeks with what the team called hand and lower body injuries i reported yesterday that debrusque suffered a fractured fibula in the winter classic kind of amazing in that the fracture i'm told happened before he went out and scored two goals uh, for the boston bruins to win the winter classic and stephen when you look at debrusque and his impact kind of hurts the Bruins, obviously, for the next four weeks not having him, but also in the sense that they can't really do anything to go out and replace him at this point, given where he stands on the salary cap. Yeah, I guess, I guess for one thing, it's good that it's not longer because they don't have to, it's not something where it's two months and then you're like getting really worried heading into the trade deadline. Um, but that's that's a huge loss. This is a guy that last year, it was in the trade rumors, he requested a trade, and it, it looked like that maybe that 
relationship is going to be fractured and clearly it's not he's playing great and boston's beginning good depth overall so uh not an easy guy to lose but at the same time i think it's good it's happening now and it's not long term as opposed to next month heading in uh, closer to that deadline when you look at the season that the Boston Bruins have had, and I just was sitting here doing some quick math on a calculator, they're on pace for a ridiculous 137 points. Given what he's meant to this team, do you see any sort of slide coming for a team that just can't lose at home? Uh, definitely, I could see it. I think the thing about this team is they've had this, and you've mentioned it before, this kind of last dance mentality where everyone's playing I think above what we expected I don't think I didn't think David Krejci had anything left and seeing him kind of come in here and be the role he's had has been good uh Pasternak's numbers it's actually kind of crazy to see how much farther ahead he is over everyone on the team he's doing what he can do but I think the fact is that they're getting scoring from a lot of places they're getting uh guys like Campus Lindholm to be to play basically the best hockey of his career again Krejci's been good uh Bergeron's still on it so I think they still got the depth to make it work but it's not going to be easy so I think it's a lot of it is going to come down to how that goaltending holds up and obviously you look at Linus Allmark the way he's played he's been incredible look at Jeremy Swayman as a very good backup so I think they're still capable of, of kind of easing the load but it's going to hurt a little bit it's funny I, I I talked to some scouts last year Stephen that had watched David Krejci really closely when he played overseas and I said what does he look like they said he looks exactly like David Krejci so maybe to them not necessarily a surprise to see him come back and be sort of a 50-point player as the Bruins get to the deadline March 3rd, 58 days away, and we'll have more in our deadline countdown coming up. But this, the need clearly is center for this team for both the future and a little bit now to help bolster their lineup. Who's the guy you'd have circled? Well, uh, you look at Bo Horvat's been the guy that's mentioned a lot, obviously. Uh, there's also the Ryan uh, O'Reilly rumors. I think for this team here, you got to take it as a we need to win this year because and again that's been the kind of the, the mantra all year long because you're going to have Bergeron his career is going to be ending soon right you don't know how much longer he's got um and th this is a group that's built to kind of win right now I didn't have them making the playoffs so this is a much better run than I thought um but this is something where you go out there and you make a big splash uh, I'm not sure who they move in this case but if you go out there and get one of those big name centermen like Horvat um that instantly makes them so much more dangerous in the playoffs because they they they've I like their scoring depth but I feel like again you throw down the middle you get a guy who's a huge impact guy who might play a bigger role somewhere else and then you don't have to have him be the number one guy here might make a big difference in how that kind of bottom six or I guess middle six kind of works yeah I'm rooting for the Bruins if only because before the season started Tyler Remchuk said if they win the division that he would eat cat food so let's uh continue to root for that, that. uh <laughs> Max Pacioretty is back for the Carolina Hurricanes. They activated him off of LTIR. He's been rehabbing since uh, he suffered an Achilles tear in the summer just after his trade from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for absolutely nothing, uh, which could work out to be a true boon for the Hurricanes, who have been steady and consistent all season long. In my estimation, second best team in the league, only to the Boston Bruins this season with how well they've played and how consistent they've been. And if you look at his track record here, Stephen, he has missed a lot of time due to injury over the last few seasons. But when he's played and when he's been healthy, he's basically scored at a 37-goal clip for his entire run in Vegas. And if the Carolina Hurricanes can get any sort of shot in the arm like that, they're going to be in great shape moving forward as they had the cap space to activate him. 
And who knows what the deadline might bring in terms of other future additions for Carolina. The Hurricanes were the team that I picked to win the Stanley Cup. And part of it was because they went out there, got a huge scoring addition that they didn't trade anything. So if he doesn't play, it's not a huge loss. If he plays, that's a huge bonus. Having him in the lineup, and it is, I believe, a month earlier than they originally thought, that's a huge bonus. Uh, they just lost their last game, but otherwise they were pretty perfect in the last 10 games. Uh, so having him in there, I, I, I'm questioning who he plays with. Is it Derek Stefan? Does he play with Martin Etchez? Who does he go with? Um, but the good thing about the, the Hurricanes is just kind of everything's really rolling right for them. So you throw in someone who... It doesn't need to be great right away. Like when he was playing in Vegas last year and they're uh, obviously missed most uh, over half the season, but I think they needed him to be a lot more important there last year than Carolina needs him to be. So there's not a lot of pressure for him to perform right away. But when he gets healthy, when he gets fully ready to go after a couple games and he's back in the swing of things, kind of like what we saw with Jack Eichel last year, I think we're going to see Patrietti getting back to the scoring ways we know he can because he's been a natural goal scorer his whole career. Now you throw him on a team that's very competitive. They're 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 near the top of the standings. Um, and you add him to the, the mix. I think that, again, I would not want to mess with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I agree. And look, an emotional interview for Pacioretty as he comes back to talking to the Carolina Hurricanes and their social media team saying, hey, when this injury happened, given all that I've been through over the last few years and the trade, he was basically saying, I, I was thinking about hanging him up. Like, maybe I'm not going to make it back from such a significant injury like the Achilles. You never know how that's going to heal. It's painful. All those things that go into it. And he's worked his way back in pretty short order for the Carolina Hurricanes. Tonight, um, we will have the NHL All-Star rosters revealed, Stephen, at least the first 32 players selected by the NHL's Hockey Operations Department. That will be revealed on ESPN prior to tonight's Caps game. And when you look at the 32 players who may make it, what's really fun about the next 12 players that will be selected, a lot of them will come through the fan vote process, which will not only take place online, but also on social media using the hashtag NHL All-Star Vote. We remember what happened when fans had the ability to get players in previously and what happened with John Scott earning his way to the All-Star Weekend ends up being named MVP and what an unbelievable story that was. We'll never forget John Scott being carried off the ice in Nashville as the MVP. So cool. So I'm going to ask you two questions. One, if you were making a fan vote, who would your sort of fun tongue-in-cheek fan vote selection be? And on a more serious note, which player would you like to be selected, like to see be selected by the hockey ops department uh, this time around right up front to recognize what's been an excellent season to this point? So my off the board pick is going to be Phil Kessel. And, you know, he's obviously not the goal scorer that we know he used to be, but he's someone when you saw the kind of the reception when he when he was breaking those records earlier this season for games played in a row, I think that you, you the, every fan base really came around to loving him. And, and you look at his points, not a lot this year. He's just kind of a depth guy there in, in Vegas this year. But I, I think the fact is he's a, got a personality that fans like. Um, he's always smiling on the ice. And it, people just love the fact that he is kind of this, you, you look at him and again, it's been talked about a lot. He doesn't look like the average athlete. Uh, you know, there's all the jokes about the hot dogs and everything like that. And yet he goes out there and breaks records for games played. Like, come on, that's a little stupid when you think about it, but that's just how good of a player and how good of an athlete he is. So I think it'd be kind of cool. Plus, we did see some good moments with him in the All-Star game many years ago. Um, but in, in my serious pick, 
not a lot of love going to the Arizona Coyotes uh, this year, but I will say shout out to Mike Gold. He really convinced me to give some love to Carol Veljmeka, the goaltender who, when he went over to the Coyotes, I truly knew nothing about him. Like I remember he was part of the national predator system, but I didn't know much about him. And he goes out there and he's playing uh, out of his mind this year for a team that is, is very thin. Like when you look at the roster on opening day and Travis Boyd, your number one centerman, that's concerning, but he's done so much for a team that uh, there's a lot of questions about the future, a lot of questions about some of the players on their team. So I think Clayton Keller will probably be the representative there, but they got to look at their goalie as being the most important player. Yeah, you could also make the argument that it could be Jacob Chikrin, given all the attention that surrounded him and how well he's played since coming back on November 21st. There's always that sort of math formula that exists, right, in terms of uh, making these rosters work. You're dealing with a number of stars on one team, and then you've got other teams in the division that also need to be represented. So it's not always easy, but my frivolous pick, I saw a little bit, and you mentioned this earlier today as we were prepping for the show, the idea of getting Yarmer Yager to play in the All-Star game, All-Star weekend, that would be fantastic. Still skating at the age of 50, uh, scored a goal the other day for Kladno. I'd love to see him come back uh, at least for one weekend as he continues his career. That would be fun. And on a serious note, how about Rupe Hints from the Dallas Stars? They've been uh, one of the best teams in the West to this point in the season, and all the other guys on his line are probably going to get more attention when it comes to uh, Jason Robertson or when it comes to Joe Pavelski. But in Hintz's case, he does so much of the work to make that line go. He's had an unreal season in the top 50 in scoring. And I think a guy that just deserves more attention obviously went down in Wednesday night's game against the Ducks, made it back. And I think Stars fans were holding their breath. Gives you an indication of how important Hints has been. All-Star selections will be made, as we mentioned tonight, the first 32 by the NHL's Hockey Ops Department. The other 12 in a fan vote and the All-Star coaches will be named due to the best records in the division after January 11th's games. That brings us to our deadline countdown segment, a daily feature on Daily Faceoff Live for each of the next 58 days leading up to the March 3rd trade deadline. Yes, 58 days to go and posted today on dailyfaceoff.com is a look through the Western Conference objectives, uh, team needs, team by team. We did the East yesterday and trade targets the day before that. And Stephen, when you take a look at the long list of sellers that are out there in our category in terms of the West, um, which team do you see being the most aggressive? Well, if you're looking for, for buyers, is that what you mean? Yes, I, I meant to say buyers if I said sellers. Yes, the, uh, I'm going with the Edmonton Oilers because for me, this was, you, you look what this team did last year and the goaltending was my biggest concern in the playoffs. It wasn't necessarily the reason why they lost to the Colorado Avalanche, but then they go out there and they address that. And it clearly did not work with Jack Campbell. Stuart Skinner has been great, but I think this is a team that still showed last year that they are very good. And if everything works and you know, Darnell Nurse, Darnell Nurse was also hurt for that playoffs. If they can just get the defensive depth to work with their goaltending, Maybe this is a team that can push the envelope and the Oilers have uh, have underwhelmed the points this year, but then they also have, you know, still two of the best players in the world. I think if you go out there and you wrote that they should get a left uh, shooting defenseman, I agree. This is something where you, you need the extra defensive depth there. You need someone who can also generate some offense from the point uh, and, and play with these guys. At the same time, I think the one name that you mentioned that I agree with and made the most sense to me is Vladislav Gavrikov, a guy who can kind of do a lot of things for them there um, and, and doesn't need to be this, uh, the star guy in the blue line. You can let Darnell Nurse, Darnell Nurse be him. You could be 
have Tyson Berry be the other offensive guy, but you throw Gavrikov in there, and I think that stabilizes things a lot. So I think the Oilers, I think they got to be aggressive because you don't want to keep wasting the talent that you have up front uh, with the more mediocre playoff performances. Yeah, and especially after how well McDavid and Dreisaitl played in the playoffs last year, it was ridiculous the point production that they had. Basically carrying that team to the Western Conference Final to not make it this year would be an unforgivable error and failure. And so I agree the Oilers definitely need to be aggressive. It's not necessarily in Ken Holland's nature to do so. And to this point, they've sort of sat back and, and waited to see how the season would develop. Um, I would say another team that probably should be pretty aggressive but doesn't have a ton of cap space is those Dallas Stars that we just talked about. That first line that we were speaking of, Hints, Robertson, and Pavelski, they carry so much of the load that a lot of their depth on paper, you think that they're going pretty well, but uh, they don't really have a second line center. So cap space, hard to come by. Uh, they already used one of their potential assets in a first round pick and trading their 2023 pick in exchange for Nils Lundqvist. So they're going to have to get creative, but this team, especially with a goaltender like Jake Ottinger, you don't want to just get in. You want to go get in and, and do some damage. And I see the West being pretty wide open this year. Why couldn't a team like the Dallas Stars go on a run to chase a Stanley Cup? So I'd like to see uh, them be aggressive as well. For the full list of all 16 Western Conference objectives, head on over to dailyfaceoff.com. That brings us to our next wave segment where we're going to dive into the World Junior Medal Games today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's right. This is the next wave delivered by Montana's. And this we're talking world juniors with our prospect analyst, Stephen Ellis, who has been covering this tournament like a blanket, multiple stories per day on dailyfaceoff.com. Stephen, got to recap what was a thrilling and at times nail biting and, and really uh, nerve wracking 
uh, semifinal between Team USA and Team Canada on Wednesday evening. You had the U.S. jump out to a 2-0 lead and then Canada score a number of unanswered goals uh, with some controversy sprinkled in between in the form of two disallowed goals for goalie interference. What did you make of the calls? Did they get them both right? And should the U.S. have a little reason for complaint? I watch a lot of international hockey, so I'm very familiar with the Dubai Chef rules, and I know that the Dubai Chef refing is definitely a more uh, tighter. It's a lot tighter than you see in the NHL, where the big kind of joke is, "What is goalie interference?" Both those plays, um, more so the second one than the first one. The first one, I think, where where Blake hit him in the head. Uh, I, I'm very much against any head contact, whether it's incidental or on purpose, whatever. Anytime a player gets hit in the head, I'm very. I've had a lot of concussions. I'm very serious about that wasn't that hard of a hit but to me i think they made it right on both calls just based off of president what, what they've done at every other world junior at the world championship everything like that those are plays they call they they are never accepting goalie uh contact whatsoever the second one i think was a bit more like obvious you kind of just he shoved him a little bit uh that was never going to count and uh i think good two challenges by canada they were they were risky but i think they uh they clearly paid off it's funny, I'm in the minority here because I thought the second one was way more likely to be called a goal because he made the toe save with his with his skate, and then the puck's sitting there, the whistle hadn't blown yet, which makes it a free puck to go after. And so if that means poking at the puck and also knocking the goalie into the net at the same time, it wasn't covered. So to me, that seems to be a free puck. I know what you're saying. IHF rules and NHL rules are different. I'll take off my Team USA jersey now as U.S. gets uh, set to face Sweden in the bronze medal game. So the main event tonight, of course, is Canada-Czechia for gold. Uh, this was billed as one of the best Team Canada rosters assembled in a while heading into the tournament. They've had their own fits and starts throughout the tournament. They haven't started well in many games. What do you expect from Team Canada tonight as even when you know the chips have been down, they've continued to show up in just about every moment? Well, I think the one thing kind of everyone's learned is that the, just the talent in this tournament overall is is probably higher than we're used to seeing and i think that's a little surprising given we did lose russia you know, from this tournament and that is always kind of a a competitive thing there but having canada lose the checks right off the bat and we saw the slovaks beat the americans and things like that or these big teams were getting knocked down by teams no one expected uh I, I said right before on our, on our last preview show before Christmas, I said, watch for the checks. This is a team that just is going to play very well. We saw them in the pre-tournament. They showed some nice signs and everything's working for them. They got some of the best goaltending. They're scoring kind of at will. Uh, obviously, you look at Canada's goals for and it's a bit higher, um, but the offense kind of has been a little bit drier outside of Connor Bedard and the power play. So I think Canada last night getting some points from Joshua Law was very important. He got four points and was excellent. But they need more players outside of number uh, 16 going out there and getting points because the Czechs, they probably are the best team at using that defense to create offense. They're scoring, again, at will. It seems like all the lines are generating something right now. And they've got a goalie that might be the best goalie in the tournament in Thomas Suhanek. So uh, the Czechs are not going to be an easy uh, team to beat. And again, we saw the Czechs already beat Canada. Yeah, and given that they've already beat Canada, Canada heads into this game as the prohibitive favorite, minus 390, depending on where you get your odds. Does that sound right to you? I put it this way. If we look back at history, it's very rare that the, the two teams that play in the final, if they had already played each other in the tournament, it's very rare for that team to win both games. So if we look at history, Canada actually might be the favorites. Um, 
Canada, I think, had a much tougher game uh, against the Americans. I know the score was a little bit different between the two, but the Czechs were much better than the Swedes. And Carl Lindbaum was just excellent in that Swedish net. And and the Czechs were just not generating anything. I think there were single-digit five-on-five chances in that game. So you look at the Americans, a much tougher opponent. I think Canada's had to come over a little bit of adversity the last two games, more so than the Czechs. So I think that alone uh, should give Canada the hope but again you, you I, if, if it's close you got to look at which team's got the best player Connor Bedard's Canadian I think you got to give the edge to Canada okay so so then give us your pick uh you had picked Canada before the tournament give us a final score I'm going with this one being 5-3 it's not gonna be an easy game and one of those goals will be an empty netter but I think this is gonna be a very competitive game and I'm predicting there will be a goal in the first three minutes of the game and I think it's gonna be the checks if you want to be specific Okay, well, you heard it here first on Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks to Stephen Ellis for the next wave, which has been delivered by our friends at Montana's. Uh, the next wave brought to you by Montana's. This sports season, bring back the viewing party at Montana's with their brand new daily deals. Today's Thursday, and that means they're offering up some fantastic drink specials. Head over to montanas.ca for more info. <laughs> All right, Stephen, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. And Stephen, a lot of people were surprised that Jacob Verana snuck through waivers and did not get claimed on Wednesday. He's been one of the league leaders in goals per 60 minutes, so goals based on ice time given. And wanted to get your take. Does a team now step up and trade for Verana now that he cleared through waivers? That's tough because obviously there's the office uh, issues. There's the um, the fact he hasn't played much this season. I think that it was, and I believe you brought it up yesterday on the show, saying like it, it's it was very like you, you put him on waivers given everything that's gone on. I like would teams even be willing to touch it? And no, they they clearly didn't. So he went through um, waivers unclaimed, and I, I just gotta wonder what that relationship is with. Like clearly. When he's healthy, Verana is a very important player for the Red Wings. He, he's put up all those goals. He was excellent ever since he came over in that Mantha trade. But um, what's the relationship, right? Will, will he? Will the Red Wings put him in the lineup and then not play him much? Like it's it's something where this is a lot more behind the scenes than performance related in terms of what happens next. And I think that's that leaves a lot of questions. But I don't know how it continues in Detroit, given they put him on waivers just after he got out of the uh, the the program with the NHL and the NHLPA. Yeah, I think a lot of people found that to be distasteful, being on waivers 18 days after going through the player assistance program. I can tell you this, it's intrigued a number of teams. I spoke to one team yesterday who was internally meeting about the possibility of trading for Verana. And the suggestion I made was it sort of feels like if that relationship is indeed broken, well, then why not offer up a deal that involves Detroit retaining, I think, about $1.8 or $1.9 million, whatever the number is that would equate to what a buyout would be this summer for Verona, which is what they would be hit with on their cap. Maybe that's something that would be palatable to Steve Eisenman and the Red Wings if they could get something back in return for him. And for that team, of course, rather than taking Verona at full price, you get him for a little bit of a discount on the cap and someone that can contribute to your team in a big way if you treat him the right way when it comes to Stanley Cup playoff time. That brings us to Daily Faceoff's Point Bets Point bets, daily bet segment. Tyler Remchuk, ugh, tough night last night. 
<laughs> yep, not good. Missed the brat shot prop by one, missed the over by one. And that has been the tale so far this season with uh, my daily bets. But we we go forward, Frank, and uh, it's a busy slate tonight, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. So I got two picks lined up and ready to go, starting with the matchup between the Avalanche and the Canucks. The Canucks are on a three-game slide. They just got beat up by the New York Islanders, the Colorado Avalanche. They've also lost two in a row. But they're getting, they got Nathan McKinnon back in the lineup about a week ago. I think they're going to start to hit their stride here. And I just think this line isn't priced right for the Avs to beat them by more than two goals or by two goals or more. Plus 165. That is a really darn good payout. I love taking the Avs in this spot. And my second game I'm looking at today, it's actually a player prop in the Washington Columbus game. I think Washington can keep their offense going. And I'm targeting Eric Gustafson with John Carlson out. Gustafson is playing top pair minutes. And if you look at dailyfaceoff.com and use the line tool, he's playing top power play minutes as well. He's been a fantasy hockey gem. He's got five assists in his last five games. He's picked up at least one assist in four of his last five. And for him to go over half an assist tonight is paying plus 135. I love that value. I love both these plus money spots tonight, Frank. Gustafson assist and Colorado to cover the puck line. Yep, Colorado's got some work to do to get back in this playoff race, just sitting on the outside looking in at the playoffs. And their coach, Jared Bednar, had some interesting words earlier this week saying, hey, better not rely on the success that we had last season, thinking that that alone is going to get us in. Certainly some healthy players would help. We'll see what happens with the abs down the stretch as they try and repeat as Stanley Cup champs. Got to get in first. Thanks to Tyler Remchuk for our Points Bet Daily Bet segment. That brings us to Garbage Time with Stephen Ellis. And Stephen, we always hear this complaint when it comes to the World Juniors, and we just finished watching the relegation round. But everyone says, ah, too many teams in the World Junior Championship. And the way you see it, maybe it has more to do with the qualification structure because – letting teams get in a year ahead of time, given the cyclical nature of the age bracket itself, means that the guys that qualified might not be the ones reaping the rewards. So how would you change it? I think this is something where we, we I talked to some people during that summer term and saying, you know, like, we don't want the main world juniors here, but what about the qualification tournament to get in the division one, a tournament. And while that might be a logistical issue of all the other tournaments kind of falling way down, the main focus is the top division. And if it's something where in the summer they have a tournament, whether it be the normal division one, a tournament with six teams um, and see how that works and you promote the winning team up, and then they get to keep that same team that essentially uh, it could be untouched if you want. It could be additions and everything. And you bring them to the team or the tournament in the winter. All of a sudden, those players that were 19 years old that were the key parts of that team now are getting to actually reap the rewards of going out there and winning that last tournament. Norway is going to be up next year. And they're, they're a bit of a different situation where they actually will have 14 players eligible to return, which is very important. I think next year, the bottom level of the World Juniors will be a lot stronger than this year. But you look at Austria. This is a team that wouldn't have been here had it not been for the last couple of years of COVID. So we got to kind of ignore that fact because of that their situation is unique and should never happen again. But that was one of the worst World Junior teams we've ever seen. And if we had a summer tournament, knowing there was going to be relegation for this tournament, we could have had something where a team qualified through the summer into this and, and gone to play here. Norway would have been very competitive, I think, in this tournament to the point where they, if they had a team that played in the Division 1A tournament uh, last month, they may have actually made the quarterfinals. So I think if you can reward the teams with those 19-year-olds and get them to play that same year a few months later, I think you see a lot more success and, and a lot more benefit for the teams involved instead of 
going up there and just getting sent back down the next year because all your good players aged out. So uh, there'd be some logistical issues, but I think that might be the best way to have the bottom be a lot more competitive than it is uh, these days. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. Qualify in the summer, play over the holidays with the same group of guys that got you there. So uh, would love to see that happen and is just seemingly pretty simple. I don't know what the logistics involved are, but well said by you on Garbage Time, Stephen Ellis. Thanks to Stephen as well as Tyler Remchuk and our head of production, Alex Allard. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. We'll be back with you Friday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then. Have a great day and enjoy the gold medal game, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're gonna be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you gotta pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.